Scott, thank you so much. Boy, great insight, great word. I just want to share a few things as we are passing our offering bags this morning. And uh, praise God. You know, as we enter into the month of January, uh, it's a time that as a church we're focusing around the thing of prayer, drawing near to God, fasting. And uh, it's a time as a church, it's time for us individually just to, to meet with God. And I want to tell you that God is so looking forward to this time of you meeting with Him. He really is. God loves being around you. It's not like that you're in an interruption to His schedule. How many of you know that? You need to hear that again. You are not an interruption to God's schedule. He is thrilled beyond measure when you approach Him in His throne room. He's thrilled beyond measure that He is going to be able to meet with you and share His heart with you and encourage you and empower you and see you go out and do the things that are on the heart of God for this world. He's thrilled about it. And so we are taking the time in January here to just focus in, draw near, draw near to God. Humble our hearts before the Lord. Seek Him in prayer. Seek Him in fasting. And uh, we are setting aside well, really the whole month, but particularly 21 days from January the 12th to February the 1st, where it's sort of like, okay, this is our time frame. That, and of course, you can do it before that if you want to. That is cool. But time frame of just, Lord, how do you want me to spend the next 21 days? How should I spend time with you? As I separate myself and I... And I separate and I fast from some of the things of the world. Maybe food, it may be activities, maybe different things that the Lord is having you to fast. And just drawing near to Him and humbling your heart. And what God, what is that? And so, so during those Sundays, we're going to be focusing on these things: prayer, drawing near to God, fasting, all of those things to impart some of those things to you. On Tuesday night, beginning not this Tuesday. But next Tuesday, the 14th, when we normally would begin our school of ministry, we're beginning that, but it's going to be primarily teaching on these subjects. And it's going to be opportunity for prayer, opportunity for just soaking in the presence of God, those type of things. On Monday night, starting next Monday night, right, Jason? At 6.30, when the, the healing rooms are going on, I think the first week there's no healing rooms. Yep, thank you, Edward. Um, that uh, that Jason is going to be leading at times of just coming in here, uh, prayer, being in his presence, worshiping, soaking, same thing. Just giving you opportunity for that. In our life groups, the focus will be during the month of January, prayer. All right? And so we hope to encourage you that this becomes, this, this becomes a part of your schedule in, in what you're doing and everything. And so... Um, the, the, uh, on January 31st, we are actually having a thing, what we call the burn, and it's for how many hours, Jason? Six hours from 7 o'clock to 1 o'clock in the morning. Some amazing time for us to gather together, kind of bring the conclusion of this fast together and prayer time and seek the Lord to celebrate what God is going to do in our lives 
and in 2014. That what we are standing faith in faith in, what we're believing God for, what God has already shown us, how He's already transformed our lives. So, uh, it's going to be good. It's going to be really, really good. And so, uh, so, so the month of January, that's what we're focusing on. The month of February, we're focusing on love. All right? Uh, that compelled by love, that's going to be the theme of our time in February and on Sunday mornings. And we've got some, we've got some, a number of things that are going to be going on that is just, uh, talking about love. So, I'm, uh, I'm going to make a phone call here. No, actually, I'm going <laughs> to get my, get the slides, get ready here. All right, let's see if I, if I got this right here. There you go, Edward. All right. Now, I know as soon as you saw the title, Transformation of a Vision for Fasting, something leapt in your heart. Something just, whoo, fasting. All right. Man, that's exciting. You know, and uh, and I pray it does because you know what we have on the inside, what's the vision on the inside? That's what we live out of. Amen. Y'all believe that? You know, the, the vision that we have for ourselves, who we are in Christ, our identity, the vision that we have, and how we interact with God, the relationship that we have with our Father. You know, if your vision is always one of I've got to measure up, I've got to attain, I've got to somehow, uh, you know. Uh, earn his love well that's that's going to affect how your walk is and so the vision that we have for fasting is very important we're going to talk about that today and we're going to talk about primarily out of two scriptures one found in the book of matthew one found in the book of luke now there's also an amazing scripture passage that i want to encourage you during your your time of fasting to go to and it's in isaiah chapter 58 Isaiah chapter 58 is a great chapter, that, a complete chapter that deals with the elements of fasting, the, having the right heart, having a pure heart before God, having the right motives in your fasting, the benefits that come into your life. And we'll, we'll be, that'll be some of the things probably on Tuesday night that we'll be teaching also. But you think about fasting, it is something that as you look in the Word of God, from the very beginning to the very end, it is seen again and again and again and again. It was a part of the regular lifestyle of, of those that, that are recorded in Scripture, fasting. You think about in the book of Samuel, little Hannah crying out before God. More than anything else, she wanted a child. More than anything else, and... Each year she would go and give her offering to the Lord, believing. And so it had been year after year after year. And she, so God led her into a time of prayer and fasting to seek the Lord about, God, am I going to ever have a child? And God, we know the story that, that God uh, uh, gave her a child named Samuel. And, of course, she gave Samuel to the Lord. Samuel became one of the greatest men in the Bible, tremendous prophet. Tremendous uh, priest in the Bible here, Samuel was. And, uh, and God did amazing things because Hannah fasted and prayed. You would look at the life of Moses, 40 days he, he fasted and prayed for a new nation. That he's got all these people, this brand new nation, taking them into the promised land. And during that time of 40 days was the time that he encountered God. Time of hearing God's heart. 
that God gave instructions and gave and, and gave the law and those things. And so as you look to the Old Testament, New Testament, you'll see those times. You'll see Daniel for twenty four days Daniel fasted. And there are several times in the life of Daniel that he fasted. But twenty four days he fasted. He fasted for for just what would be the future of this nation that was in exile. And God gave him amazing encounters and, uh, and, and really gave him insight and, 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 uh, and vision into the future, what it would be like. And you, you pick up about Daniel chapter 11, and you'll see that recorded and all the things that God showed Daniel during that time. Of course, we know that Jesus fasted 40 days before he entered into the entered into uh, the into the ministry and as a result of those 40 days it prepared him for ministry and all that he was doing we know that there was a period of time that Jesus was fasting and as he came down and the disciples were trying to minister to a young boy that 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 was they needed to be healed and had convulsions and all of those type of things and they tried and they couldn't do it and Jesus said that this thing this demonic thing that's there could only come out by fasting and prayer. And because Jesus has, that was a part of his regular life, fasting was, Jesus prayed, the young boy was healed, and he was set free immediately as a result of fasting. In the book of Acts, it talks about as they gathered together in Jerusalem praying, and they sought God, and they prayed, and they fasted, and, they, and God said, I want you to separate unto me Paul and Barnabas, and you're going to send them out. And that that time, if you think about it, that moment, that time changed the world. It changed everything to that time had been done around the city of Jerusalem. And because they sought God and they fasted and prayed, God gave them instructions to lay hands upon Paul and Barnabas and send them out. And because of that, the gospel went to all of Asia. The gospel went to Rome. The gospel came to us because of the action, because of the, they prayed and they fasted. It is so vital as we talk. I want to talk today, of course, about fasting a bit, all right? And it's important for the vision that you have for fasting because that's what you live out of. As you enter into a time of fasting, you're thinking, about, okay, what would the Lord have me to do during this time? And if you see it as a thing, well, as I fast, then somehow I'll convince God to do something for me. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> that's not going to be, you're not going to have a very good time fasting, you know. It's going to be one of those moments that you fast and immediately you think you're dying, all right. And, uh, and so, but Jesus spoke about, in two scriptures particularly that I want to bring to, that you see Jesus has such a, a a different view, a different vision of fasting than the Pharisees did. We want to talk about that. Um, here, let's look at Matthew chapter 6. Jesus says this. He said, moreover, when you fast, because there was an attitude within Jesus that this should be a part of our lives, that when you fast, do not be like the hypocrites with a sad countenance, for they disfigure their faces that they may appear to men to be fasting, assuredly say to you, they have their reward. But when, but you, when you fast, 
anoint your head, wash your face, so that you don't appear to men, appear to, men to be fasting, but to your Father who is, in, who is in the secret place. And your Father who sees in secret, we reward you openly. There was, <clears throat> during times, especially among the religious people, especially fasting, it was like the more miserable they were, the holier they were. You know, if, if they could find something that it would make bring great misery to their life, they felt like that somehow God was greatly more pleased with that than anything else. So when they fasted, you know, they, they made it known to all people that what they were doing and what great sacrifice they were making. And Jesus said, you know, he said, all they're wanting is a reward, and that's their reward is that people notice that they're in a miserable state. But Jesus said, when you fast, be like you're partying, you know? I mean, have an attitude, man, of joy and, and anoint your head. And, and, and he says, do it in secret that no one else will know but my Father. And he says that, that your lifestyle is just different. Jesus was living out of a different vision, a different vision. There's one other passage here I want us to look at this morning, and this is the main passage that we're going to spend the rest of the morning on is in Luke chapter 5, verse 33 through 35. It's during this time that the disciples were gathered together and they were, they were in the home of Levi or home of Matthew, the tax collector. It was right after Jesus said, Matthew, I want you to come and follow me. And Matthew was a tax collector. And then they have something in Levi's, Matthew's home, and it was, a, it was a party. Jesus loved parties. You know, he just loved being around people and, and food and all of those things. And he loved that. And, uh, and all the, I could just see it. Here they are having a great time. They said that the home was filled with sinners and tax collectors. And Jesus was just interacting with them, you know, just loving on them and, and showing them the heart of the Father. And here I just see these these men standing over here in the corner, they were the religious Pharisees, and they were just, they were all bummed out because Jesus seemed to be having such a great time with all these sinners, and it shouldn't be that way. And that was their, that was their, their vision, their thought process. And, uh, and they're asking Jesus all these questions, trying to trap him, trying to say, well, you're breaking the law, whatever. They were, they were constantly doing that, it seemed like. And in Luke chapter 5, they said this. Then they said to him, Why do the disciples of John fast often and make prayers? And likewise, those of the Pharisees. They're talking about themselves. Uh, likewise, those of the Pharisees, but yours eat and drink. So they really weren't concerned about Jesus' thought about fasting. They just want to entrap him to say, that, well, you're, you're breaking the law. And, uh, and I love Jesus' answer because his answer, if you just look at it, seems like it has nothing to do with the question. <laughs> you know, you ever notice that sometimes when Jesus would answer these religious people with their trying to entrapping Jesus and everything, and he would answer in such a way you go, hmm, why did he say that? And this is one of those moments. They've asked Jesus, okay, Jesus, John's disciples fasted, we fast. How come we never see your, your disciples fasting? And he said to them, Can you make the friends of the bridegroom fast while the bridegroom is with them? 
But the days will come when the bridegroom will be taken away from them, and they will fast in those days. It's like, what? What are you talking about, Jesus? And uh, But Jesus gives out of the vision that Jesus has for fasting. We can learn a lot of stuff this morning. It's funny. I think there's two things that, one, Jesus' answer gives us a real clue of how Jesus saw fasting. Secondly, it's a prophetic answer because it talks about what that which is going to come. Jesus, the bridegroom himself, he's with the bride right now. He's in the part of the wedding part. But there's a time when the bridegroom was going to leave. So it gives a little bit of a prophetic picture of what is going to happen. Jesus being crucified, Jesus going, standing, being at the right hand of the Father and everything. And Jesus said, there is, there is a time, there is a season of fasting. But I think one thing that's interesting here is that for the Pharisees and, re- and, those that we, and us, that we have a religious mindset concerning fasting, it's all about the rules. It's all about what can I gain. It's all about, you know, will God accept me and if I fast or if I fast a lot or whatever, what, whatever it may be. And it comes out of a sort of a rules type of mindset. A religious mindset is all about rules. Where Jesus, his purpose of fasting came out of a place of relationship. He's talking about a wedding. He talked about fasting in the context of a wedding. Now, that's not where I would even try to answer the thing of fasting in the context of a wedding. But Jesus did. Because for Jesus... Time with the Father was all about relationship. From the very beginning in the garden, God wasn't about rules. He was about relationship. And what was birthed at the beginning was a life, a lifestyle of relationship. And when Jesus comes back, he's bringing everybody back to the place, to that blueprint, that thing that God has meant from the very beginning. And things got all messed up. And people got involved, and they began to attach more and more rules to the thing, to the law. And Jesus said, listen, it's not about attaining something in the law. It's about relationship. And he gives us this picture of that fasting is in the context of one of the most greatest, most celebrations there is, is marriage, where relationship happens and intimacy happens. And out of that place, Jesus says, that's, you live fasting. You live a fasted lifestyle out of the place of relationship, not out of a place of religiosity or rules. And sometimes, I know, I, I think back in my times of, of early on of fasting, that's where my activity of fasting was all about. And if I fast this long, wow, you know, God will be impressed or something. Or if I, if I could go 40 days or whatever it is, it's sort of like a goal for myself. It had nothing to do about relationship. It's about being able to tell people later, hey, yeah, I fasted 40 days. Really? Yeah, I did. Fasted 40. How, how was it? Oh, it was terrible. It's horrible. It was so hard, you know. But, but, but I did it for God. I did it for God, you know. 
So it's, 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 a, it's amazing that Jesus was trying to tell them while others fast out of a place of duty, his bride would fast out of a place because she delights in him. While others fast to deprive themselves of something in the flesh, his bride will do it because she desires him. While others fast out of desperation, feeling somehow their desperation is going to earn them something in God, the bride, us, we fast because we're devoted to Christ. And I want to look at these comparisons and this transformation of going from duty to delight, going from desire or from going from deprivation to desire and desperation to devotion. To the Pharisees, it was all about duty. It was all about deprivation. And it was all about desperation. And we have the wrong vision for fasting. That's exactly what we will find ourselves in. Something that's done out of duty, deprivation, and desperation. But a Christ-centered vision for fasting comes out of a place of delight, desire, and devotion. And so we're going to talk here a little bit of time that we have left. How do we get from duty to delight, deprivation to desire, desperation to devotion? Amen? All right. Duty to delight. How many of, you, of us have done things just simply out of duty? We all have, haven't we? One time or another. You know? Not really out of love. Sometimes that's where we start sometimes. And that's okay. We start there, but we, get, we need to move on a little bit from there to another place. We've got to move from duty to delight. I love Psalm 63. I love this. This was in David's heart. I love this. That his relationship with God was not out of a place of duty, but it was out of a place of delight. It's all about relationship. Say it's all about relationship. All about relationship. As we begin to seek God about what he would have us to do during this time of prayer and fasting, it has to be all about relationship. It's all about Him. Jason was singing this morning, coming back to that place of worship. I mean, you know, worship is not just a song. It's your life. It's your lifestyle. And it's coming back where it's all about Him. And fasting needs not be about us, what weight we may lose, <laughs> you know, or what we feel like because we're doing this, how impressed God may be, or, or the things that we, we're we're believing that because we do this and we fast really hard and really long, then God surely will answer this prayer from me. It can't be that. It's out of a place of delight. I love this. Psalm 63. Just kind of hear the heart of David in this. Oh, God, you are my God. Early I will seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh longs for you in a dry and thirsty land where there's no water. So I have looked for you in the sanctuary to see your power and your glory. How many of you feel like that David wrote this out of a place of duty? I mean, there's nothing about duty that comes through that, but it's about delight, wanting to be with God, wanting to be with Him, wanting to be in relationship with Him. And he goes on and says, Because your loving kindness is better than life. My lips shall praise you. Thus I will bless you while I live. 
I will lift up my hands in your name. My soul shall be satisfied as with marrow and fatness. My mouth shall praise you with joyful lips. There's something about David understood new because he spent time with the Father, because he worshipped him in an amazing way. That relationship was one about delight. And as we enter into this time of prayer, fasting, time of drawing near to God, that God, let it be out of a place, the Father, I yearn, I desire to be in your presence more than anything else. And God, if I need to set aside this or I need to set aside that or whatever you tell me that I need to set aside and I need to fast that, God, it's worth it for just having you. Just having you, Father, and being with you. I mean, I feel like that that would be enjoyable. All right? It doesn't matter what you, you sacrifice because you are able to be with the one that you love and be the one that you desire more than anything else. And that's enjoyable, isn't it? To be able to do that. I love it. It's all about relationships. Fasting helps us to remember how wonderful and precious God's presence really, really is. Reminds us of that. How do we get from a place of deprivation? That's where the Pharisees lived. Deprivation to delight. How do we get to that place? You know, for the, for the Pharisees, it was all about the cost. All about what they were having to give up. How amazing the cost was. Listen, I know in the Christian life, yes, it is costly. We give up our lives. We follow Him. But I'll tell you, what I have given up and what you have given up pales in comparison to what we receive from our from our Father, doesn't it? You know, sometimes we hold on to this thing that we think is so important and it's just trash. And when we spend time with Him, we realize, wow, look what I have in my hand. Oh, my gosh. It's just trash. And we let go. And the rewards that we have in Him is amazing. Simply amazing. But it was all about the cost. The Pharisees, it was all about the deprivation, how how hard it was. I could just imagine that, you know, here's Hezekiah, and he's just just really, it's, it's tough. It's really tough. And say, Hezekiah, what's going on? Oh, you're fasting. I'm fasting. God told me to fast. How's it going? Oh, it's horrible. Terrible. Look at me. I can barely stand. But, you know, it's about the cost. It's worth it. About what I'm giving up for God, it's worth it. It's all about the cost. What is God showing you? I don't know, but it's about the cost. Look, I've given up one meal so far today. It's terrible. It's kind of like when Cindy and I got married. What if I, someone said, hey, I heard y'all got married. We did, we did. We just got, look at the ring. See the ring? Look at that ring. It cost me a lot of money. 
It will take months to pay this thing off. It's, you don't know what I'm sacrificing for this marriage because this ring I got the best and it's costing me so much money. I don't know how I'll eat now. Maybe I should fast. I don't know. But you know, when you introduce your new bride, it's not about the cost of the ring, is it? It's about, hey, what do you think, huh? Good, right? Man, I am so happy. This is amazing. I love her so much. She's amazing. She's the answer to every prayer I ever had. It's not about the cost. It's about the delight. It's about the delight. And sometimes I've gone into fasting and it was all about the cost. But it needs to be about not what we give up, but what we receive. What we have. It's about the delight. It's like, wow. You know, I could be doing a lot of things right now, and usually I do, but during this time, I'm just fasting those things. I'm fasting my meal times, and I'm just spending time with God. And it is so wonderful. It is so amazing. I am falling in love with him all over again. I love this passage in 2 Corinthians. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. Paul, who was a man of many words, he was, he was an excellent, wise theologian. You say, I can't even describe it. <laughs> this is a relationship with God, relationship with Christ. I can't even describe it. I can't even put words. It's beyond words. The, 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 the light that I have because I'm in relationship with God. That's what it needs to be like. Amen? What it needs to be like. It needs to be like that. All right. And let's talk about going from a place of desperation to, to devotion. Now, let me understand. Let me understand. There are times, yes, listen, there needs to be an element of desperation within us. You know? But not desperation that if I'm desperate enough, I'm going to earn something from God. All right? You understand what I'm saying? That, that our relationship with God, there are times that, God, I'm just, I'm desperate for you, God. I've got to have you. Whatever. And it's not about how great I, the desperation is. and I've got to somehow pump up the desperation for God to reward me. It's not about that. And that's where they were at. But it's about being devoted to Him. That I am in communion with the Son of God. I am in communion with the Holy Spirit. And I spend time with my Father. And it is amazing. I wrote a couple of things down here that are just, that I think helps us. It says, we fast not to twist God's arm so that He will pay attention to us. We already have His undivided attention. How many times that we do things? Somehow this will convince God enough to do something for us. But you already have his attention. You already have his heart. We don't fast in order to make ourselves worthy of his acceptance. We already have his unconditional love. It's a totally different thing when it comes out of a lifestyle, a different vision, a different place of devotion. You look at it in a different way. I love this. We fast not so that he will hear us, but for us to hear him. Totally different place, isn't it? All the effort that you put in that God might hear me. 
But when you come to him and say, Father, speak to me. God, get things right within my life. Lord, what is it that, Father, I need to repent of? What is it I need to get right before you, Father, and get those things right? We fast not so that he'll hear us, but for us to hear him. Like this. We fast not so God will focus on us, but for us to focus on him. He's already focusing on you. He focuses on you every day. There's not a day that goes by that God is not totally aware of everything that's happening in your life. Totally involved in every intimate detail of your life. Not a day when somehow God's gaze is, is, is not on you anymore. God is always looking at you, always focusing upon you. I love the scripture in, in Peter that says, Cast your cares upon him because he always cares for you. His focus is always upon you. There's never a moment that it's not. But we come into a time of fasting and prayer that we might focus on him. And lastly, desperate people fast to get a breakthrough in their circumstances. Jesus is bride fast because he is her breakthrough. Now, I'm sure that many of us have things in our life that need to change. We have things that, breakthroughs that need to happen within our family or whatever. But I want to tell you that the breakthroughs will not come because what you may do, but comes because of who He is. And it's recognizing that and recognizing what He desires to do in your life. So this week, as we begin to prepare ourselves for this season of prayer and fasting, there's some very important questions or very important things that you need to begin to do. One, you need to be in faith. You need to be in faith in whatever God tells you, what you need to do. You need to be in faith. You don't need to compare what one person is doing against what God has told you to do. God may say, you know, during this season, I want you to fast one day. That's it. But you need to be in faith for that. You need to be in faith for the things that you feel like that God has put upon your heart that you need to be focusing upon during this time of what you desire for God to do in your life, what you desire for, the, for this church to be in the city of Richmond. Because we're fasting for ourselves, but we're fasting corporately also and praying also for what we do as a body together. You need to be in faith. Secondly, commit to the type of fast that God leads you into. You may find that God says, okay, 21 days. 21 days is what I want you to do. God may tell you to fast all food and be on liquids. God may say... I want you to go on a sort of like a Daniel's fast. You know, let's take out the meats, take out the breads, take out the sugars and things like that, desserts, and just be more fruit, vegetables, that type of juices, whatever. It's whatever the Lord tells you to do. What we've tried to do over the years is just say, okay, this is the period as elders we have sought God and we've said, we really feel like the Lord says, commit yourself to during this time of seeking me. And however God tells you to do that, it may include food. It may include other things. 
You may, you may say, okay, I, I want to fast some of, my, some of my TV time also. Just so I, I can be spending time with him, pressing into him, reading books, whatever it is. Spending more time into the Word of God. But committing yourself to whatever God tells you to do. Usually during a time of fasting, I fast a number of different ways during that time. Sometimes it's, I have a period of time that it's just water. That's all I'll have. Some of other things. You know, but you seek God about that. You get a piece of what God tells you to do, and you commit yourself to that. Amen? Also, plan your calendar. What I'm saying in that is that this is a time for you to pull away, draw near to God. Plan your calendar saying, listen, I'm going to be out here on Monday nights so I can just spend time with God. I'm going to be out here on Tuesday night. I can receive more instruction, spend time with God. You may say, you know, during this time, I don't want to fill it with all sorts of bunch of activities and things like that. This is the time. Plan your calendar in the way that the Lord tells you to. Amen? And uh, because that's important. And let me encourage you something is very important, is that maybe you feel like the Lord has told you to, to fast in a certain way, and you blow it. You just mess up royally. You come into a day, and you just go, all I can think of is Burger King. That's all I can think of. And you just mess it up. You blow it, and you go, and you get a double Whopper with cheese, large, you know, big fries, milkshakes, you just blow it. Well, just say, I, you know, I blew it. Really blew it well. Well, I, I think if you're actually going to blow it, I'd say go Ruth Chris. Okay, if you're going to blow it, let's just blow it, blow it royally all the way. You know, Olive Garden, come on. All you can eat breadsticks. There I go. You know. <coughs> but don't come under condemnation and guilt. Just say, Father, you know, I just I let my flesh rule my my spirit right now. I, I ask your forgiveness, God. I'm gonna I'm gonna start fresh again tomorrow. All right, people. I have started fresh so many different times, <laughs> times like this. It's okay. It's okay. Prepare, prepare yourself spiritually. What is God during your fasting time of fasting? The Holy Spirit will begin to show things to you. Sometimes things are not very pretty. And this is not to bring you to a place of guilt and condemnation. It's a place to release you, set you free to all that God wants you to be and do. I mean, you know, it's not God's will for you to be on the, the, the treadmill of sin. Just that's the way it is. I'll never get off of this. It's the way it is. Repent, sin, repent, sin, repent, sin. It's not. God has... The death on the cross was to set you free from that curse of sin, to rise above that, to, to live beyond that, to live in a place of victory. You know, prepare yourself spiritually and then prepare yourself physically. Uh, if, if you are going to be a part more of an extended time, I encourage you this week, begin to eat less this week. Begin to prepare yourself. Drink lots of water. Wash out the toxins in your body, all the things like that, you know. And let me encourage you, when you're fasting, you know, have breath mints with you, okay? Just a gentle reminder 
you're fasting, a lot of toxins are coming out of your body. And, uh, and do you think people will be being slain in the spirit before you? No. It's your breath, man. It's bad. All right? Get some Tic Tacs, okay? Something like that or whatever. All right? Let me leave, leave you with one thought here this morning. Fasting prepares our mind, will, and emotions, and personality, our soul, and our bodies for a deep period of intimacy and communion with God. That's what it does. That's what fasting does. It refocuses our minds from off of our flesh and liberates us to see, hear, and sense what the Spirit of God is speaking to the Spirit of man. What fasting does. Now, will God do amazing things during times of fasting? Yes. Many times after fasting, God, something is released. Something has been broken through in the heavenlies, and things are just, things begin to happen. It's an amazing stuff. So, man, has this been encouraging this morning? All right. Remember, from duty to delight, I'm going to find my notes again here. From duty to delight, deprivation to desire, and desperation to devotion. Let's stand up, right? Father, we come before you today. We thank you, Lord, for all that you desire to do within our lives and all that you're preparing us for for this season of just drawing near to you. The season of seeing you do things, to do phenomenal things in our life. God, we, just, we, we desire you. And Father, I thank you for speaking to each and every person of how they will engage you during this season of time. Father, I thank you that you're able to speak so clearly. And I pray, God, that we all will draw aside and say, Father, how, God, what, how, Lord, should I spend this next season of time here in just seeking you? In what manner would you have me to fast? In what manner? How does my schedule need to change, Father? What do I need to do just to draw near to you. So, Father, I thank you for speaking clearly to each of us. Father, thank you so much for what you're doing within our midst, doing in the lives of the people. And I just give you praise for that. I give you so much praise, Father. Thank you so much, Lord God. God, and I thank you that it is all about you. It's all about you, Lord God. But we come back to a place of worship a place of devotion, a place of dedication, and it's all about you. So I give you praise in Christ's name. Amen.